Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. Clark and I are here and our special firstborn is here too, Kirby. Kirby's going to be the scripture reader today. She's going to help us out. We're going to talk about Matthew chapter 9. Hope you guys are doing well. Just really prayerful in this season as we read and um, take time to spend time in scripture that there's a lot going on with programs and parties and presents and pageants and all these things. So just wanted to encourage you. Uh, for listening to the podcast and and, uh, just really seeking the Lord's face today. So let's dive Mm -hmm. in to Matthew chapter 9. Yeah, what stuck out to me actually was my shower this morning. I was replaying a conversation I had with somebody years ago, and they were talking about our our humanity and how integrated we are. And we don't need to get into the weeds of it, but essentially there has been a long-lasting debate as to how many parts we are, are, are made up of. For instance, like we have a body... And then sure. we have a spiritual side to ourselves too. Mm-hmm. And then we, some people think, well, we're actually like two parts, like body and spirit, or we're three parts, body, spirit is good, and then our soul is bad. And there's a number of different ways, big fancy words to describe this. Well, I, I guess I have come to land theologically at a place that is the monist position. That means we are just one entity. We are one being. And yeah, we have a spiritual side and we have a physical side, but those two things are so closely integrated and interact that that we're affected as one. Like what you do with your body. Right, it all matters. Yeah, yeah, affects your your spiritual Mm -hmm. life and your your spirit. And same thing, what you do with your spirit and how you spend time with the Lord affects your body. And there's a phone going off. Um, So anyways, the the verse that stood out to me, you want to mute that? I will, yes. Fabulous oh. thing that says uh, potential scam. Potential scam. scam. Those telemarketers, I tell you what. Um, the, the verse that st- stands out to me, though, in this passage is right away in, in verse 4. And so Kirby Girl is going to be our scripture reader. Knowing their, knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why don't you entertain evil the thoughts in your heart which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or say to get up and walk. Way to go, Kirby. So if you look at verse 4, what stands out to me is they're thinking things in their minds, like their thoughts are in your head, Mm -hmm. but Jesus addresses the thoughts that are actually in their heart. Mm. And so that's just one of many examples where I would say that you're an integrated being. Mm. There's the the case. So when when you look at the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, we would would not say you are four parts. Your heart is a part, your soul is a part, your mind is a part, your strength is a part. You say, no, no, no. All those things are together and affect you. So I think like a practical takeaway for us today would be just know that what you do with your body influences your walk with God Mm. and vice versa. Yeah. And those two things should complement each other well. That's God's heart. That's God's design. So the food we eat, the music we listen to, the stuff we watch with our eyes, the the drinks we drink, all of that plays a role into our body being a temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because what's going on here, we're actually going to notice more as we walk throughout the chapter too, is um, so Jesus is calling people to follow him. There's been healings. There's all these things are happening in the chapter. And we see 
how he just really knows and loves people and they're understanding him now as a man in some respects also. And so it's very curious. So Jesus is noticing things like about people in their hearts and what they're, you know, thinking in their hearts. But then one of the things that you mentioned too, Clark, was actually there in verse eight. And so this, uh, a miracle happens and then they have a noticing, the Mm -hmm. crowd has a noticing, um, and they praise God and they have a noticing about, uh, Jesus just in his personhood and how he came, uh, fully man. So Curb, you want to read chapter nine, verse eight, eight. a little tiny eight. When, when the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God who have had given such authority to men. Ooh, good job, Kirby. So what that's what we're noticing here. So people um, take witness of what just happened. So Jesus performs a miracle. There's a healing of the paralytic. And then we read that the, when the crowd saw this, that they were afraid. Yeah, what, wait, wait, wait. Why do you think <laughs> yeah. that is? If the crowd sees that, why do you think he goes out of his way to address their fear? I know. Wait, what verse is that? Verse 8. Oh, well, filled with awe. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think, well, because we were kind of just bantering back and forth about this and just really seeing firsthand right before your eyes, like this magnitude of power. It's just like, Mm -hmm. oh, dear, what are we, who or what are we dealing with? Yeah, I'm sorry. So in the ESV, it says afraid. NIV, it says awe. That's a good, that's a good. Verse eight says when the crowd saw it, they were afraid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I guess it comes back to. Who is this guy and how is he capable of doing this stuff? Well, in the Old Testament, you know, it's just dripping with the phrase, like, fear the Lord your God. And so it's curious that, like, the beginning of all knowledge, the Proverbs talk about that, that, like, these people are experiencing firsthand this healthy fear that's, um, you know, seen in the power of Yahweh and in these healing moments with Jesus. And so what do they do out of that? They praise God. So amazing. Mm -hmm. And then... Very interesting sentence there at the end. Who had given such authority to men? Mm-hmm. And so Clark and I, you brought up the point about how they're really seeing like Jesus in his personhood, that he has skin, he has hair, yeah. that, he, that he's a man. And like, well, wait, what? Well, it seems like they haven't fully connected the dots that this this guy right. is pl- claiming to be God because he looks like us. He looks totally. like me. <laughs> yeah, he's got a beard. He's got brown hair. He's got fingernails and skin and... I don't know. His eyes are blue or brown. I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it is. He's hungry. He We've sleeps. We've seen him eat. Yes, exactly. He's with us. And so they're looking at him going, God's doing something with people now that's different or, or at least pretty extreme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I'm grateful that as we think about Christmas and Jesus coming fully God and fully man, right. this is another one of those passages in the middle of the gospel that reminds us of his humanity and how people looked at him and just thought, wow, like what is happening? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It encourages me. Um, yeah, totally. Well, and that, I mean, do you want me to jump to what stuck out to me at the end or are we just going to keep marching through the chapter? Well, let's go to, let's just hit the next verse nine and then great. And then we can, yeah, you go to you and we'll finish with verses 35 through 38. Kirby, do you want to read verse you want nine? You want to read verse nine, sweetheart? Little tiny nine. Yep, small nine. As Jesus went on from her, there he saw a man named Matthew sitting at a tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. Way to go. Nice. 
So what's interesting about that is that there's a call to follow Jesus, and that's not a there is in a sense a one-time deal like I'm repenting of my sins and believing I'm following you mm. but it's also something that we have to continue to decide to step into yeah it's like every day we have to decide to leave the things of the world mm-hmm. the money the tax collector's booth and follow Jesus mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. day we have to decide that like am I going to do that with my life today mm-hmm. and even as we work and we parent and we do you know mundane chores and stuff that we have to do just to survive, we can still follow Jesus with that. You can be intentional in the way in which we conduct our life and how we go about talking to other people and handling our finances. But mm. there's that call, follow me, follow me. It wasn't a one-time deal. Right. Don't, you can't go on the sidelines. He wants you in the game. Uh-huh. Follow me. Let's leave the world behind. And so that stuck out to me as well. Yeah, and sometimes that can be frustrating because it's like, okay, great, um, follow you, but can you like give me specifics and really just nail it down with some imaging and maybe a PowerPoint and give me like mm-hmm. detailed like what do I do? <laughs> yeah. And there's that's the the freedom though that's with Christ also. You know, people talk about the old ball and chain and how Christians are boring and and, and well actually like we believe we get to enter into life at its fullest. And we experience freedom at its fullest, too, and we follow Jesus. And so uh, that can look different for everyone. Uh, but there are, you know, anyway, the call remains the same. So as you march throughout the chapter, what stuck out to me was kind of more at the end. But you'll see um, just more invitation for people to step in and follow. And so you read about the healing of Jairus and his daughter. I think here he's called just a town official. And then the bleeding woman... Um, Jesus heals the blind and the mute. And at the very end, um, I'm going to have Kirby. Will you read verse 37 and verse 38? That's what kind of stuck out to me. And then I'll uh, talk about it before we let you go. When when he saw the crowds, he, he has compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. They like sheep without a shepherd. Then they said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of harvest. Therefore, the send out workers into the harvest field. Boom. Thank you. That was dynamite. 36, 37. Way to go, Kimmy Girl. So what's so amazing about that, and I want to bring it up and what stuck out to me, is so we talked about this authority being given to men in verse 8. And now Jesus in chapter 10 is about to send out the 12. But before that, there's this noticing where Jesus, verse 36, he looks at the crowds. He has compassion on them. And then in 37 and 38, literally ask the Lord of the harvest. This is who God is. He is this God that wants to bring people in. He wants people to know him. Uh, But we need people who are going to go out and they're going to be workers. And Mm -hmm. so that same power that was noticed and witnessed in verse 8 by these people that they were afraid and caused awe, Jesus is extending to the disciples the same power. So if you read the verse, first couple verses of chapter 10, it sounds like this. He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to hear, heal every disease and sickness. So what I'm just so blessed and encouraged by today in the season that we're in, thinking about Christmas, is... 
us in our humanness, <laughs> we actually have Holy Spirit living in us in these moments, you know, when you're overwhelmed or when there's just so much going on. And so we have the power and the authority to step in and follow Jesus and to switch our focus off our finances and back to the Lord, to switch our focus on what, you know, we need to get in the Christmas lights and the gifts back to the Lord. We have the power to do that, just like the power that healed the paralytic, just like the power. And so there's so much more we could get into there, but I was just so encouraged with this this language about this the Lord of the harvest. This is who he is. He would send out his workers. Guys, mm-hmm. that's us in Christ. And so remember, Uncle Ken, Pastor Ken talks about this often, how Christmas time is a time when people are soft towards the Lord. There's this conversation maybe that sometimes happens that maybe doesn't happen. Priesters. People are open at Christmas and Easter. For whatever time, whatever reason, I would just pray, Holy Spirit, help us be harvest laborers that step in um, with the Lord of the harvest and bring the kingdom to earth. We want to partner with you, Lord, this Christmas season. So would you help us, Holy Spirit? All right. Well, hey, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a fantastic Friday. And as always, you're invited to services on Sunday. God bless you. Have a great weekend. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.